Praise the Lord. Well, I want you to turn real quick to Mark chapter 11 and just hold that spot. Mark chapter 11. We're going to come back to that in just a second. You don't have to put it up yet. Just Mark chapter 11. I want you guys to to save that and uh, we'll come to it in a second. Last week, we talked about the keys to the kingdom. We all say that with me. Say the keys to the kingdom. And we talked about the importance of revelation. That, that as you read the word, as you come to church, as you go through life, that you don't just hear things um, or just read the word only, but you read God's word, that you pray, that you study in hopes to get revelation from him. Because that revelation is what provides keys to the kingdom, what provides access to the promises of God. In other words, I could tell you at your job that you have benefits, Are those benefits yours? Yes, but until you sign up for them, until they start taking it out of your paycheck and start applying those benefits to you and your family's name, you aren't actually accessing the benefits. You have them, they're yours. The same way if I told you that you have a car, I'm gonna give you a car. That car is outside, it's beautiful. Somebody yell out your dream car. What is it? What do you want? Yell out a car. Nobody has a dream car? What's your dream car? Yell it out. An F-150, a 2020 Chuck Ford F-150 is sitting outside for you. And whatever your dream car is, I've got it outside for you. And it's outside. And I've got the keys. It's yours. As a matter of fact, I've already put it in your name. I already paid six months of insurance for you. And I didn't go with the cheap insurance. I got some good ones for you. It's yours. Insurance. Title, tags, it's paid for, paid for, no, no loan or anything, it's yours, in your name. What do you have to do to get it? You got to get the keys. You got to go get the keys, walk out that door, sit your behind in it, and crank it up and drive it. If you don't, I still have the keys. It's yours, but you haven't possessed it. And so in the same way, the, what I want to talk about today is is what might be considered basic to some, but if you don't get this, you're missing out. The, the Bible tells us in Hebrews eleven six 6 that, that without faith, it's impossible to please God. And so everything we do is by faith. Everything we do is by faith. And I want to talk to you today with it being Father's Day and obviously talking a little bit to the dads, but also just speaking to everybody that we need to have the God kind of faith. We need to have the God kind of faith. I want you to say that with me. Say, I want to have the God kind of faith. All right, now what does that mean? The God kind of faith is this. It's the kind of faith that God used to speak the world into existence. If you were to look at Hebrews 11, this is what we call the faith hall of fame. In Hebrews 11, chapter one, you can put that on the screen. It says, now faith is the substance of, of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. This is faith. This is faith. Just like I was telling you that that car is outside. Let's say that I didn't show you the keys. What would you need in order to trust the fact that I'm telling you the truth? You would need a natural kind of faith, right? You would need to to, to believe that I'm telling you the truth and that out there in the front yard, because you haven't seen it. You haven't seen the keys. You haven't seen the title. You haven't seen the proof of insurance. I just told you about it. You would need natural faith to believe that. The same thing happens when you actually, to use the car analogy a little further, when you turn on your car, that's natural faith. 
A few of us in the room might be mechanics, but most of us don't even understand how a car starts. I have no idea, Marlon, do you? But every day, you crank up your car, right? Did you crank it up this morning? You sure did? Did it work the first time? Yep. And you, you didn't think twice about it, did you? You were probably fiddling with your phone or doing something else and put your foot on the brake and turn the key. I mean, you don't even think about it. You just trust the fact that when I turn that key, that car is going to start. And we do, all of us do that because what happens when it don't start? When, when it does not start. That's going to fix my English. What happens when it does not start? What happens? You get frustrated. What's wrong with my car? And you start hitting the, the wheel, like that's going to fix it. Why do we hit the wheel? Can someone please tell me? I don't know, but that's what we do. Or we hit the dash, or we get out, we call somebody. I'd probably call Brother Mike, he's a mechanic, and I'd say, why is my car not starting? Because I expect it to start. And there's a, there's a God kind of faith that's explained to us in Mark chapter 11. But before we read through Mark chapter 11, I want us to read Hebrews 11.3. Hebrews 11.3, it says, by faith. Everybody say, by faith. Come on, say it like you mean it. Say, by faith. By faith, we understand that the worlds were framed by the word of God. So that the things which are seen were not made of things which are visible. I want to leave that on the screen for a second. I want you to highlight it if it's in your Bible. And I want you to ponder that for a second. The things which are seen were made of things, were not made of things which are visible. In other words, when God spoke the world into existence, when, and it used the words framed, he framed the world. You just built a house, right? Did you go by when they were framing the house? No, but you know how it works, right? You've seen pictures of it. All of us have seen a, a house being framed. There's nothing there. There's just a slab of concrete, and all of a sudden, a post goes up and then another post and then another post and all of a sudden there's four posts and you can see that's a room or that's the corners of the building or whatever it is and then they, they frame up more and you can begin to see okay here's the living room here's the dining room here's the kitchen here's the bathrooms and they frame up more and then they begin to put up walls and now you can really see it and you can walk in and you can say oh this is a big room or oh this is a small room and then they put a roof over it what am I telling you that that before that happens before the framing ever happens, there's a God, there's a builder, there's a contractor who can sit there and see those walls before they're ever built. You and I just see concrete. But he can take a plan, a construction document, and he can take that plan and hold it up. All we see is concrete, but he sees a house. He can look at that plan and see a house. He can look at that plan and see a building. He can look at that plan and see the bathrooms and see your living room and see that. And, and, then, and then he can, because he knows what he's doing, he can take that plan and put it into action. You and I, when we look at our life, it may look like concrete, but we've got the word of God as our construction document to show us what it's supposed to look like. Amen. To show us what, the, what, our, what our world is supposed to be framed like. What it's supposed to be like. The life that we, that God desires for us is in his word. And, and when we talk about the God kind of faith, we, this is the God kind of faith. I, can, I, I, I cannot even fathom what it must be like, what it must have been like to, to literally see nothing and then all of a sudden the universe is formed. 
For him to have seen, for God to have seen all of the details, all of the things. And then once the worlds were formed, just to give you a little bonus, he planted seeds on the earth. If you think about it, if you go back and you read Genesis, this is what he did. He planted seeds on the earth. We see, this, we see the faith principle of what's not seen, then working with the seed principle of I'm going to plant a seed. In other words, he put plants on the ground and let them flourish. He put birds and let them multiply. He put animals and let them multiply. He made two people and let them multiply. Seed principle. That's another message for another day. Back to faith. See, he saw the earth. He saw all the details. Do you think he questioned it? I mean, it says that that by the words of God, that the worlds were framed by his words. That the, the worlds, that the, everything that we see were framed by him opening his mouth. Now, now I, can't, I, just, I want you to wrap your head around that for a second before we move to Mark 11. Wrap your head around the fact that nothing was there. See, we're looking at a world right now where we want difference and we want change. And, we want, and now I'm not even just talking about coronavirus and all the other stuff that's going on. I'm just talking about maybe you want a different checkbook, a different bank account. Maybe you want some different kids. <laughs> that came out wrong. <laughs> like, you, like you can go to the store and exchange them. No, no, I don't, I don't want her anymore. I want, yeah, can I have that one? Yeah. No, there's no return policy at Walmart for our kids. But I meant you can, you can desire better a better life for them or better, a change in their life or whatever it may be. And you, 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 you're looking at a blank slate, so to speak. You're looking at something, but what you want, you're going to have to access by faith. And, and let me take it a step further. What you should want is what's in the word of God because it's his word, his, his written word, which becomes a revelation to us. Y'all see how all this is coming together? Last week we talked about the revelation that as I read his word, I begin to realize that, okay, I, I've heard Pastor JT talk about healing, but now I realize and there's a revelation inside of me that God wants me healed. God wants me whole. God wants my child whole. That I don't have to accept their condition. I don't have to accept my bank account's condition because God says that he'll supply all of my needs and my needs aren't being met right now. That means that something's wrong and it's not God. That means it's something that I've got to fix and it's going to be faith that takes me from no bank account to my needs being supplied. If you're living paycheck to paycheck, that's not God's plan. That's not. I read you Philippians 4. It says all of your needs should be supplied. So it's not visible, right? It's, it's like this. It's not visible. I can't see it. I don't see my bank account full in the natural. I have to see it. How? By faith. Everybody say that with me. Say by faith. Come on, say it again. Say, by faith. All right, let's look at Mark 11. Because we're going to have a good Father's Day today. And, and one of my favorite meals is in the crock pot. And so we're going to wrap this party up. Amen. All right, Mark 11. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. Now the next day, this is verse 12. Now the next day when they had come out from Bethany, he was hungry. This is Jesus. Dude's hungry. He's been working. He's been in the ministry. He's been performing miracles. He's been, they do a lot of walking in the Bible. I don't know if you know. I mean, they were here, then they were in the next city, then they were on some boat, then he was walking on water. I mean, that had to be exhausting. I mean, this was like rough seas and stuff. I mean, he was, he was hungry. They had come out of Bethany. He was hungry. Verse 13. 
Seeing from afar a fig tree having leaves, he went to see if perhaps he would find something on it. To give you a little backstory, when a fig tree at this time of season would have leaves, it was expected to also have figs. It was expected that the fig tree would be producing figs. All right, it, it, was, it was seemingly healthy. It, would, it seemed as if it should, he saw it from afar. Obviously, this is Jesus. I assume that he, he knew there weren't actually figs, but he saw the leaves and he was going to make a point. He walks up to it, he came to it, he found nothing but leaves, for it was not the season for figs. Now, the different translations that we were to read from this say it differently. This translation is New King James. It says it was not the season for figs. Having studied this out, what I believe that the, the translations are, are also trying to say is that the tree was not operating in the condition of the season it was supposed to be in. Does that make sense? In other words, the leaves had come, the figs should have come, it was not operating in its season. How many of us have things that aren't operating the way they're supposed to be operating? That aren't doing what they're supposed to be doing? We have things in our life that I'm looking from afar and I'm seeing, it, it, it's close, but it's not what God designed it to be. Let's see what he does. God kind of faith. Y'all keep that in your mind. God kind of faith. Verse 14. Seeing from afar, he comes up, he says, Listen to this. Read these first words in response. Did, did, go back to verse 13 real quick, real quick. Go back to verse 13. Maybe your version of your Bible says something different. Did the tree speak to him? Do y'all see that? Did the tree speak to him? Did it talk? Go back to verse 14 because in verse 14, it says in response, he said. See, I would like to challenge you that actually the tree did speak to him. The tree was talking. The tree was saying, uh, listen. Um, I'm not going to do things your way. We've got things in our life that talk to us and we need to respond with the God kind of faith. I don't know if you're tracking with me, but I want you to think about that. He was responding to the fact that the tree was not doing what it was supposed to be doing. That it was not operating in the correct season. It was not producing figs. It was not producing what God told it to produce. And he responded to it. Before I go any further, I want to challenge you because I think what happens to many of us is we come up to something that's not doing what it's supposed to be doing. In other words, we come up to, okay, God, I'm, I'm, I'm living by your word and all my needs aren't being met. Then your faith needs to rise to the point that you go, God, show me what I'm doing wrong because you told me my needs are supposed to be met. Right? And you respond to it. But what tends to happen is we just keep going. We walk right by the tree and don't respond to it. We walk right by the situation and don't respond to it. We walk right by the, the, the instance. We just walk over it and just try to ignore it. We just try to put the rug over top of the mess. We just try to sweep it up under the rug and pretend like it's not there. And pretend, no, 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 no. We're supposed to respond to it. We're supposed to respond to lack. We're supposed to respond to sickness. We're supposed to respond to injustice. We're supposed to respond to things in our life that aren't what they're supposed to be. And our response should be faith. He says, let no one eat fruit from you ever again. He talked to the problem. He didn't talk around the problem. He didn't talk to his disciples about the problem. He didn't seek advice about the issue. He didn't go consult somebody. He knew that that was not operating the way it was supposed to operate. And he opened his mouth and he spoke to it. He said, let no one eat fruit from you ever 
again, and his disciples heard it. Now, if we fast forward a little bit, he goes, he flips some tables, he does some stuff and wreaks some havoc. And, <laughs> and then he comes back here in verse, um, let me tell you where to go. Just jump down to verse 20. Now, in the morning as they passed by, they saw the fig tree dried up from the roots. It took a day. It took a day for the results of what he spoke the day before. Now, this is Jesus. And numerous times throughout the Bible, it tells us that Jesus had this spirit without measure. We see when he was baptized, the way the spirit came upon him. We see the miracles that he performed. We see all these things. God, God came down to earth as a man, and he was fully God. He was fully man, right? But he had the spirit without measure. And even his faith, even his words took a day. I don't know how long it might take for you to receive the results of your faith, but I want you to keep that in the back of your mind as I wrap the sermon up today because we can't get frustrated when we don't receive results right away. It says that he spoke to that tree, the disciples heard it, and he moved on. By faith, he addressed the problem and moved on. How many times do we come up to something and we, we I mean, we, I don't think we do it as a lack of faith, but we, we, we live with the problem. We, we, we like make our home in the problem. We like abide in the problem instead of abiding in his word. But see, God said to live in his word, to, live, to let his word live in us and us live in him. And when we do the things that we want and desire, we can ask and we'll, he'll do it. See, it takes his word in us and by faith us moving on that, speaking on that, living by that, and not, not living at the dead tree. He talked to the tree, moved on, and then I tell you, I'm, I wasn't there, but it was, I bet he was surprised that they were surprised. Because they said they, they saw the fig tree dried up, verse 21. And Peter, remembering, said, look, look, the fig tree you cursed has withered away. And he was like, no, duh. You're, and what, what, what? Am I, am I supposed to be surprised by this? Verse 23, or next verse, whatever. I'm, yeah, there we go. So Jesus answered and said to them, here we go. Have faith in God. Have faith in God. In other words, you're surprised, but I'm not. You're shocked, but I'm not. And, and, and again, if we were to study this out, some translations actually do say it this way. I like reading from the New King James. That's what we're reading today. But most of the, if you were to have a concordance or, or, or a Bible that has the margins where it explains further, it'll say this. It'll say, have the God kind of faith. He was literally telling them that if you want to see a tree wither up like this, then you can't be surprised like you're being surprised right now. You can't be shocked. You've got to be able to do what I did, walk up to a problem, speak to it, and walk away like a boss knowing that that issue is taken care of. Have you ever seen that in the movies? I know it's movies, but every time there's a, a big, because it's Father's Day, right? We, men, we like movies where stuff blows up. Y'all know what I'm talking about. I mean, there needs to be some action. There needs to be some stuff happening. I mean, I'm all for good storytelling, and my wife loves love stories and chick flicks and all that, and I watch those with her. But listen, I want some stuff happening. I want something to blow up. And every, I don't know why. I don't know why, but men love it, right? Come on. And every time, this is what happens. Explosions behind me. What happens? The dude just walking. Slow motion. Like, not phased at all by the big, massive house or building exploding behind him. 
That's the type of confidence that we should have. It doesn't matter what's going on in your life. If you're going to have the God kind of faith, you've got to be able to speak to a problem, address it by the word of God, and leave it. Walk away from it and expect it to do what you told it to do. See, he told that, he told, I'm going to keep calling the tree the problem because I'm, I'm trying to get you to wrap your head around this. He told that problem to live no more. He told that problem to dry up, to wither and die away. He told that issue to go where it was supposed to go. He told that thing to be corrected. And he expected nothing less. The same way that God in Hebrews 11.3 framed the world with his words. When he spoke, when he literally just said, I, don't, I mean, it didn't tell us what words he used. I don't know, I don't, I, but, but he just spoke. And it was there. Scientists call that the Big Bang. I know what it was. It wasn't a Big Bang. It was a big God with the God kind of faith. And see, Jesus wouldn't tell you and I to have the God kind of faith if we can't have it. Think about that. Because I think sometimes that's another cop-out that that Christians use that I've used, right? As we say, oh, well, no, I can't. I mean, come on, I'm not Jesus. Have y'all heard that? I'm not Jesus, I can't, I can't. But he told his disciples, listen, I'm going away, I'm going to give you the Holy Spirit, and you're going to do things even greater than me. And it wasn't just meant for the 12, it was meant for it to continue on in the lineage. Here's my point. He wouldn't have told us to have the God kind of faith if we can't have it. He wouldn't have told us to live like this if we can't have it. He goes on to say this. He says, and have the God kind of faith. Keep going with me. Stay with me, Gage. For assuredly, I say to you, whoever says to this mountain, y'all see that? In verse 23, whoever says to this mountain, I want y'all to say that with me. Say, say to the mountain. Okay. So we, we saw him do it in verses 11, 12, where was that? 12, 13, and 14. We saw him do it. We saw him speak to the tree. Then he tells us to speak to the mountain. So he's literally alluding, as he tells them to talk to the mountain, he's saying, remember what I did yesterday? I spoke to the mountain. He tells them, speak to the mountain. Whoever says to this mountain, be removed, be cast into the sea, does not doubt in his heart. I want you to highlight, underline that, circle it, do whatever you can, because because I think one of the keys we have is the do not doubt in your heart. One of the revelation keys that I hope you'll get, that I hope that'll drop down from your head into your spirit, is that I can't have any doubt. That when God framed the world, when he spoke, he had no doubt. He had zero doubt that what he said was going to come to pass. That when he wanted the earth to be, boom, there it was. When he wanted the seas to form, boom, there it was. When he wanted a galaxy and a moon and stars and all kinds of stuff that we still don't even understand, it was there. He had zero doubt. Now, obviously, this is God, but we are told here to have the God kind of faith. What is the God kind of faith? We, we talk to a problem. We speak to the mountain. I want you all to pay attention as we go through this. How many times it tells us to speak? So we're to believe, we're not to doubt, but we're supposed to speak. It says, say to the mountain, be removed, be cast into the sea. I think we we skipped ahead. Yeah, there you go. Does not doubt in his heart, but believes that those things which he says, they receive again, things that he says will be done. He will have, he will have, he will have, He will have, 
He will possess. He will walk by and see the tree. He will walk up and go, oh, yeah, well, I knew that was going to happen. One day he's going to open up the mailbox and get a check and say, well, there it is. I knew that was coming. One day he's going to get a, a bank account statement and go, well, I don't know how, much, how I got all that in there, but praise God. I guess I'm going to give some more on Sunday. Listen, this is the, we, sh- we should be su- surprised at the how it might show up, but not the fact that it shows up. All of a sudden, you get that doctor's report, and they say, um, wait a second, hold on, a couple months ago, you had cancer, right? Excuse me, I'll be right back, I gotta go pull your file, because I'm pretty sure you had a tumor, but it's not there anymore. And you go, yeah, I know. Actually, if that happened, I probably would do a lot more than that, I probably would be jumping off the, you know, on Facebook Live, guess what God did? That happened to you, right? Twice. Have the God kind of faith. Have the God kind of faith. Have the God kind of faith. Have the faith. If he told us we can do it, then we can do it. Then we can talk to things and speak to things and not doubt in our heart. And whenever, listen, let's keep going. Therefore, I say to you, whatever things you ask when you pray, believe that you receive them. So what are we to do? We're to believe in our heart. That's what he said. What is the God kind of faith? What is the recipe, so to speak? And I don't want to boil it down to something that, that you, know, a, you know, sometimes you can make things a step-by-step guide that aren't a step-by-step guide, but I want to try to make it applicable for you. Number one, believe in your heart. What does that mean? That means that inside of you, not by your flesh, we're dirt. You were literally made out of dirt. Your brain is dirt. Your body is going to respond in dirt ways. You are, you are dirt. I know that we're beautiful dirt, amen? We all look good and we're proud of our dirt, but we're dirt. I'm telling you that because the real you is your spirit. And we've got to believe on the inside of us, down in my heart, down in my spirit. I've got to live and walk by faith. How do you do that? So here's my subpoints to number one. Number one, believe in your heart. Do not pollute your heart. Protect your heart. The Bible tells us in Proverbs to guard your heart. Having done else, guard your heart. Put guards around your heart. Don't, don't do things and listen to things. I, that's why I'm so particular about the, the type of preaching I listen to. I don't listen to, you know, um, preachers that, that say one minute, you know, oh, well, God, will, he's for you and God is good all the time. And the next they say, well, God put that sickness on you because he was just trying to teach you. Uh, wait a second. Because that'll, that'll mess with your faith, right? I mean, if, if I think that God gave me the sickness, then how do I believe him to get it off of me? Doesn't make sense. That's because we know that sickness comes from the devil. Anyways, I talked about that last week. My point is that, that we have to guard our heart. There's lots of great preachers that I, that I love. To, they have good stuff. I love them. But when they start going to, to a doubt and unbelief type teaching, I turn it off. I'll mute them, go get something to drink in the kitchen, talk to my wife for a minute, come back. I don't know, whatever. I mean, I just, I don't want, I don't want to listen to anything because I've got a revelation 
Y'all tracking with me? I've got a key to the kingdom. I've I've got a possession in my hand. I've got the keys with me. I own it. I own that revelation that God, I know that God is for me and not against me. I know that God doesn't bring bad things on people to try to build them up. That bad things come from the devil. That God is good and the devil is bad. I know that God wants to heal me. I know that God wants to bless me. I know that God wants to protect me. Why? So that I can be a blessing to others. So that I can go and and, and witness to others and and enrich others and give to others that I'm blessed to be a blessing. See, these are revelations that I have that you can't take away. You're not going to take my keys. You're not taking my keys. I'm going to guard my heart. I'm going to protect my heart. I'm going to protect. Believe in your heart. You need to guard it. And then you need to use it. You need to use it. You need to use it. In other words, if if I'm listening to the word, my faith is going to be built. What's going to be built? What's actually going to be built? See, God is a spirit. He deals with us on a spiritual level. So my spirit man is going to be built up. Then I need to use that. See, I need to learn to be led by the spirit and listen to my spirit and not listen to my flesh only. The Bible says that we need to have wisdom and understanding, but don't lean on it. I need to use it. I need to guard my heart and I need to use the faith that God's given me. When I get his word in me, when I get that revelation, I need to use it. Okay, how do I use it? Number two, this is real easy. You ready? Speak it. Say it with me. Say, speak it. Say, speak it. Come on, say, confess it. See, he says here numerous times, three times in that verse. In one verse, he says to say to the mountain, you'll believe, you know, you'll have whatever you say. There needs to be a saying. There needs to be a speaking. Here's what I want to, I want to just kind of wrap up with this. Brother Andre, if you want to come and just play something a little behind me as I wrap up and and as we get ready to go celebrate Father's Day all over the place. Listen, I want y'all to, to, to grasp this. Many of us, this is a new message for us, right? This is new. You're like, oh man, this is great. But for some of us, we've heard this for years, right? We've heard this for years. We've heard, okay, I get it, Mark chapter 11. I get it. I get Mark chapter 11. Okay, yeah. I, oh, Mark chapter 11. I've heard this sermon before. Oh man, I, I, I came all the way to church for this. I've heard this before. But then you look at your life and do you have whatever you say? Therefore, I say to you, whatever things you ask, whatever things you ask, whatever things you ask, when you pray, believe that you receive them and you will have them. So I want to encourage you this morning that I felt led to bring this message today, that I felt led to give this to you today because I believe that whether this is a new or old sermon for you, that I pray you get a revelation, that you get a key to the kingdom today. Or maybe it drops in your heart later when you listen to it again, or, 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 or uh, I know I've been a little bit late on the podcast, but we're getting back to all that, and you get the podcast this week, and you, and you, and you listen to it, and you, you get that revelation, and it drops down in, and you go, okay, I see. I've been confessing for years, but I've been doubting at the same time. Or I've been believing, but I've not been speaking. I hadn't been opening my mouth. Or I've talked to the thing, I've talked to the mountain, I've talked to the problem, but then I made my home in the mountain. And I lived there. Now we're supposed to expect that thing to end up in the sea. And I don't care when it ends up in the sea. I don't care how it ends up in the sea. I don't care what methodology God takes to lift that mountain up 
and pluck it up and put it in the sea, but that's my expectation. And if I speak to it, then that's what I expect. And if I talk to it and I believe and I don't doubt in my heart as his word says, then that's what's going to happen. That's what we have to, that's where we have to live. Whatever, whatever. How many times in that verse did it say whatever? Whatever you ask, whatever you need, whatever you desire. I guess I'm excited and I'm preaching hard today because I felt led to tell you today that there's a key to the kingdom that maybe you just haven't grasped the key yet. You haven't taken possession of it. You haven't gone out and started the car. I pray that you get, that that you say, okay, Lord, show me. Actually, let's do that right now. Stand up on your feet. Let's do that right now. Let's just ask God. I know it's a small crowd. I may not even be talking to you. I may be talking to someone who's sitting at home right now, watching this, listening to this and going, man, that message was for me. For years, I've, I've heard this message on faith, but I didn't realize how much I was doubting God. I didn't realize how much I wasn't speaking. Or maybe you're speaking the wrong things. What do we need to speak? We need to speak God's word. And we need to speak in faith. In other words, we need to speak what's in his word. He says to, to say to the mountain, be, be gone. Be removed. If Satan's planted a mountain in your life, you have every right to speak to it. You have every right to speak to it. You have every right to talk to it. To tell it to get out. To go to leave, to get out of my house, Satan. Get out of my life. That your sickness, your disease, your poverty, your lack, your your mental illness, whatever it is that you brought, you do not have the right to live in my house and I command you to go in Jesus' name. Dear Heavenly Father, I pray right now for everyone that's watching online and everyone that's in this room as we lift our hands to heaven in honor of you, Lord, we ask you to, to... Give us the wisdom and revelation. Let your spirit work on us from the inside out and show us where we're missing it. Show us where we need to improve. Lord, I've done what you asked me to do. I brought the words you asked me to bring. Your word says that some plant the seed and others water. Lord, I thank you for the water and I thank you for the growth. There may be many of you watching online or even those in this room And you're in one of two places. Number one, you need Jesus. You've never had Jesus as your Lord and Savior and you need him. You want him. You've heard me preach. You've heard me talk and you want Jesus as your Lord and Savior. Or maybe you're another type of person who's had a relationship with Jesus, yet you've walked away from it. You've strayed away from it. You don't have that relationship with God anymore and you want want back in. We call that a a recommittal or, or recommitting our life to Jesus. If you're either of those two types of people, I want to pray with you. I want to give an opportunity for those in the room today, if you'll just bow your heads. If that's you in this room, just raise your hand and let me know. And if it's you online, or maybe you're watching this sermon back, I pray that you'll let me know. Not because I want to put you on blast, but because I want to pray with you, and we want to help you, and we want to be with you through this. I want you to pray this prayer with me. You at home that said, that's me, that's me, pastor. I need that. I need God in my life. I want to make Jesus the Lord of my life. Or if that's you in this room, I want you to pray this prayer with me right now. Say, dear heavenly father. Come on, everybody in this room, say it with me. Say, dear heavenly father. I thank you for sending your son, Jesus, 
I confess Jesus as my Lord and my Savior. I make him number one in my life. Today is a new day. Today, I commit my life to Jesus. I thank you for forgiving me of my sins, for cleansing me of all my unrighteousness. I make Jesus my Lord, my Savior, my number one. I believe that Jesus died on the cross and rose from the grave and he's seated with you today and he's my Lord and Savior. In Jesus' name, amen. Congratulations. If it's you online watching us, congratulations on making the best decision you have ever made.